Welcome to The Wild Away. This is Imran Nalawala, and I'm here with a very special guest, the one and only Mr. Hussein Abdullah. Well, you're the, you're, you're the only Hussein Abdullah that, that we know, right? Uh, you know, there's probably a million of us. Hussein Abdullah is a very common name. But a million Hussein Abdullahs that are former NFL players and community yeah, okay, activists okay, okay. and entrepreneurs. That, okay, and, okay, okay. That might be the only one. That might be the only one. <laughs> so we got, we got Hussein here today who has been so gracious to offer, from, offer us his time and some of his wisdom. So Hussein, we're going to go straight into it. Okay. Former NFL player. Um, but let's start before that. You were a high school star. Um, no? I, I was all right. I okay. Was... <laughs> so, but, but, but talk to us because, you know, I've interviewed now individuals from the NBA. And Mike, I, I'm always focused on, like, what made them transcend. Yeah. Because now we have AAU for basketball and we have YouTube and kids can watch YouTube videos and work on their moves. Right. But back when I was growing up, and I'm assuming, I think you're, you're, you're 85? I'm 85. I'm 86. So okay, back, okay. when we were growing up, if you didn't have a VHS, there was no other way of basically yeah. watching tape. So what were some of the things that you were doing as a, maybe a middle schooler and high schooler that made you elevate your game at that point? Uh, yep. So for one, in middle school, I, we just played outside, man. Like, it didn't matter if we was playing wiffle ball, if we were playing basketball, we were playing uh, football, soccer. Like, it, it didn't matter playing, if we were just racing, you know what I mean? We just, we just played, right? And I think uh, a lot of kids, they don't, just, uh, they don't just play. Everything is training, training, training. Um, and you, you miss the fun, mm -hmm. right? And some people don't develop the love for the game. They develop, uh, they see the work ethic side, but not just fun and the mm -hmm. love. And so middle school, man, we were just playing. Um, things really didn't shift for me until high school. Uh, my freshman year of high school, my older brother Hamza was a senior. And uh, it was Hamza's first year of uh, high school after, or public high school, after we were homeschooled. Uh, they did Hamza and Hadra, my two older brothers and sisters. Um, they did. Uh, they went to Mount Sac, so they went to a junior college, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so we finally convinced our parents to allow us to go to high school. Uh, we get in there, and at the time we had an All-American at our school, right? Uh, Pomona High School, Pomona, California, Hood School, right? Uh, crazy dropout rate, crazy, uh, crazy. You know, uh, gang violence, drug violence. I mean, it's the it's the '90s, right? Mm -hmm. '90s into the 2000s. Um, it's kind of just the uh, era. It's kind of what it was. And so everybody was coming all over to see uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Verdon, right? A good friend of ours. And so they're coming to see Jimmy and Hamza was just bawling, right? So they're coming to see number seven, but they're like, who the heck is number five, right? Mm -hmm. Hamza was just playing. And so for me, as a freshman, I think when I first started my freshman year, I was like 110 pounds, super skinny, short. Um, I played running back in Pop Warner. I definitely wasn't gonna play running back in high school. Mm -hmm. Everybody was a lot bigger. Um, and I had a coach, uh, Wardale Crutchfield, a uh, defensive back coach. And he said, hey, come here, can you play corner? I was like, yeah, I mean, you just guard the guy. I, I, I can do that. Like, right. just run where he runs, right? And so he came, and he just really just, like, started speaking life into me, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then so I seen Hums and Jimmy getting recruited, and I was like, man, that's kind of cool to play co college ball. And for me at the time, UCLA was like my dream school. Mm -hmm. And so... When I seen UCLA come on campus, I said, okay, it's time to get serious, right? And so um, uh, Jimmy eventually got a scholarship to Arizona State. Uh, Hamza got a scholarship to Washington State. Mm. And um, from that point on, for me, it was like, I got to make it out. And so to me, I wasn't like, I wasn't the best player on my high school team. 
I wasn't the most athletic. I wasn't the biggest one. I wasn't the strongest one. I wasn't the fastest one. Uh, probably one of the smartest ones. I'll say that uh, football IQ and whatnot. But I definitely wasn't like the star out of everybody. Um, but I think my drive and determination to want better for myself is what is what um, helped me go to the next level. Okay, so on one hand, you're saying that, which is really good general advice, that maybe what's lacking from today's age is that just play, yeah. where can kids can go out and just have fun. And maybe even during the play, you start noticing things about yourself, right? Yeah. Where I got quick hands, or I'm good at anticipating whatever the offense, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, whatever it is, is doing. Now, talk about the drive, the determination, the grit. What, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't uh, act like I didn't hear you say that the school had a certain environment high dropout rate. So that comes with certain assumptions. So what was leading you, what was driving you? Like, what, did you want better for yourself, your family? Uh, yeah, man, uh, life, like, right? Like if you born in uh, SoCal, uh, if you born in Southern California um, in the 80s, born mm -hmm. in LA, I mean, it was a, it was a, I mean, you was kind of born on the front lines, if mm -hmm. you will, right? Uh, crack epidemic destroyed mm -hmm. everything. Uh, the over-policing and the police brutality and then the rise of gangs. Um, really took a number on everybody, mm. right? And so, uh, you know, all of us, we wanted, we wanted better, right? And we had seen, whether it's fathers, uncles, cousins, brothers, uh, mothers, whatever it may be, we've seen people go left, and we're like, we want better for ourselves, right? And so the drive was just um, to, to be better. Mm. And we, we knew that uh, education uh, would, would help us do that. And we're like, man, we ain't paying for school. We want to go. To, we want to go to school for free, right? Like, like we we gonna, we're going to be able to have fun and then you know get our school paid for. And so it was just, it was just a different level of a of a work ethic because uh, only like one percent of kids make the jump from high school to D one, mm -hmm. right? Maybe less than that. Um, and so in order to be a one percenter, you gotta you gotta you gotta study like one. You gotta you gotta work out like one. You gotta approach the game like one. And so, um, yeah, man, it just like the gear just shifted, and I was mm. like, I'm, 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 I'm trying to do better. Okay, so that's very important that you brought that up. So, you brought up the social circumstances and the fact that you wanted to get better, and then you're, you know the gear shifted and you're you're focused. But how easy is it to get distracted while at college and university, and now you have this opportunity? But now because you're independent. And, you know, there's many things that are available to you now that were not available to you before. How yeah. easy is it to kind of fall down that rabbit hole and just get lost? Yeah, I mean, uh, so for one, right, uh, Pomona is an awesome place, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, Pomona has a, a lot of negativity uh, around it, right? And so, uh, one, we learned how to stay like, I mean, it, it was like walking a tightrope. So we had to walk a tightrope in order to be able to make it next level, right? So in going to school, I eventually got a scholarship to Washington State University where uh, my brother Hamza was there. And so on the same team, we got to play. And that was another thing. It was our first time playing on the same team. Mm. Uh, so, that, so that was awesome. Um, but then when you get to college, I mean, everything is there, right? You got, I mean, drugs, alcohol, uh, men, women, every single thing is there, right? Mm. And then uh, if you have a game, if you, if you go ball on ESPN, you big man on campus, Oh, you best believe it. everybody can't wait for you to show up, right? Mm. And so um, you can see people get distracted quickly, but I always advise people never like never make the big mistakes, right? Mm. All, all of us gonna make mistakes. Ain't, 
you can open the Quran and no, nowhere in the Quran does Allah say, be perfect. Mm. Doesn't exist. If it, if it does, you show me the eye where he says, be perfect, mm. right? What he does say is, ask for forgiveness, right? Follow up a, a bad deed with a good deed, mm. right? Um, correct your ways, repent and correct your ways, right? And so for me, it was always about um, Islam being the guide to help me understand boundaries to keep me going straight, right? And I think that's what a lot of people, <clears throat> what a lot of people miss is they hold themselves accountable only when someone else does, when coach does, when mom or dad does, when uh, my friends finally get tired of putting up with my BS, right? But they don't have that thing to where they hold themselves accountable. Mm. And so you enter a line to the picture, you enter Islam into the picture, to where now, even though it's just me in my apartment, I know that God is watching me. I know what I'm doing. So therefore, I have this choice. Do I continue doing wrong or do I go down a straight path? And so that, that helped me out a lot. What's interesting, um, when you talk to people who are high performers and they're, they have a faith background, yeah. especially, I'm, I'm going to be specific, right? being Muslims. In the West, there's this cognition amongst some circles that Muslims are violent or extreme or, you know, they, they lean mm -hmm. one way. And then amongst sometimes people within the faith community, there's this belief that, you know, you, you can't play competitive sports, right? Or yeah. Because of whatever reasons. Yeah. And it's all about just the ritualized prayers, right? Yeah. Not, not knocking that. But no, it's, no, no. It's, it, it, call it what it is. It's bad. It's bad. So what's interesting is every time I meet high-performing Muslims, the call is always to balance. Yeah. And I, so can can you kind of speak on that a little bit? Because it's like I said, for me, I grew up my whole life. I grew up with non-Muslims, right? Yeah. So they don't really have a understanding of what Islam is. And but for me, you know, I hate to say it like this, and maybe it's a bad example, but I think of like Star Wars, the Jedi. You know, like okay, uh -huh. this balance of the Force. Uh -huh. So it's like always there, there's this even keel balance, not supposed to get too high, not supposed to get too low, yeah. not to get too happy, not get too sad, never get, you know, not get angry. So any comments on that? Um, yeah, right. Like uh, we pray five times a day, but we ain't supposed to pray all day. Mm. We're supposed to live, mm. right? There's, there's supposed to be life. We're supposed to go out into this world and we should be at the forefront of anything that's good. It doesn't matter what it is, right? If, uh, if we're in medicine, then we should have the best medical practices, right? <clears throat> if we're in finance, if we're in logistics, if we're teachers, if we're in athletics, no matter what it is, if, if we're in architecture or engineering, we should be the best, right? And if there's a, any kind of industry that's um, off, then when Muslims enter it, we should be the caliph of that industry, mm. and we should correct it. Now, for the people, for the people who just, um, for the people who just, I mean, stay inside and, uh, you know, whether it's nonstop prayer or uh, reading, no knock on them, man. Everybody, everybody has a different spiritual journey, right? Um, and that's for some, but it's not for everybody. And that's definitely not the way um, the Prophet Muhammad said something. That's not the way he lived. That brother was active. Mm. He was, I mean, he was, uh, I mean. Husband, uh, father, grandfather, um, community member. He's a he's a he's a, a leader of a of a nation, mm -hmm. right? He's doing uh, international relations as a, as a delegate, right? He's a um, he's a he's a commander in chief, right? Um, he didn't just bury himself uh, in the mosque, right? Mm -hmm. And again, uh, for those people, it's, it's no knock on them. It's just saying that 
that's not everybody. Mm. Everybody, we, 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 I mean, we can't do anything. We can't win playing ball like that, mm. if you will. Um, and then for those people who are, who are saying, you know, um, um, the people who don't have any kind of uh, faith background, religious background, understanding guide, a lot of times it's because they don't want to, they don't want to acknowledge their own wrongdoings, mm. right? I don't like it. I'm pretty sure you don't like it where you do something, you're like, ah, you know, your wife can say something, your brother, you can be like, man, forget y'all, forget y'all. But when you get home, you got to look at that mirror, you know you did it wrong. Mm. When we get to that realization point, Islam tells us to correct that, right? Because we, we know if we don't correct it, we're showing up on the day of judgment, we got to answer for that. So then we go back, we apologize. We, we repent. We do better to uh, change our ways, whatever it may be, right? And it, and it helps strike a balance, right? Um, whether it's how we dress, how we talk, the places that we frequent, uh, whatever it may be. But um, yeah, man, it's like Islam is, 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 is the middle path. We shouldn't be left. We shouldn't be right. We should be right there down the middle. What's interesting, again, based on what you just said, is that this call to, for introspection in Islam, right? Yep. Where you're supposed to self-reflect. And what's, again, I, what I tell people is that Anything that's generally uh, uh, Islamic value or true in Islam, it's a universal principle, right? So if you look at introspection, wh where does introspection fail you? So if you're someone who's aspiring to be a premier athlete, you have to have that honest conversation with yourself, right? You, uh, you better, because when they put that film on you, and when they say, Hussein, well, why did you do this? Oh, I didn't do that. Oh, you didn't? And they rewind it, and you're like, oh, uh, and the whole team see it, right? Mm. And then the whole stadium say, oh, mm. 39. Mm. Or when you get put on Sports Center, mm. you better correct yourself. Or you ain't going to be out there that long, right? It's the same thing as a Muslim, as a human being. If you're not in a constant state of reflection in how you can improve yourself and your worship with the law, just being a better human being, how can I be a better husband, a better father, a better, a better neighbor, a better uh, just member of society? If you're not doing that, you got a problem, right? Um, and so, um, the, uh, again, I think, I think that's one of the beauties of Islam. It, it, it has us do that consistently. And in the Quran, Allah says a lot. There's a, there's a lot of different ayats. Uh, I'm not a hafiz of Quran. Uh, I read the Quran more in English than I do in Arabic because that's what I know. Um, and so I read a lot of English uh, a translation. I read a lot of tafsir in English. Um, and there's tons of ayats of Quran where Allah says, uh, this is for people who reflect, right? This is for people who, um, like, people who reflect, people who ponder, people who think. And I'm like, okay, well, I want to be one of those people, right? Like, you're talking to me. So therefore, I got to do what Allah has commanded me to do. Mm. And I think it, it just leads you down this continuous effort um, for self-improvement. So now that we're on this topic, let's continue on it, but then we'll go backwards again. Yeah. So... Before we get into like the beginning of the NFL journey, a f famous story involving you is that when you and your brother are within your NFL journeys, you decide to take the season off yep. and go for the Islamic pil uh, pilgrimage. Yeah. So what was the catalyst behind that decision? Well, how, like this Man. is this is not the pinnacle of what people desire, right? Yeah. I want to make it. I want to get that money. I want to yep. be famous. And then at the height of it, you decide to. Yeah, man, so this is very interesting, and uh, Hums and I, we've been talking a lot about this, been talking with my wife a lot about this, because um, we're like 10 years removed from this was this was the training camp going get to that going into that season before uh, before we took off the following one right and so 
unknowingly, this was Hamza's last training camp. This is my last training camp with the Vikings uh, mm -hmm. going into the 10, year, 10 years ago. And so there was, there was a lot going on, just, some, just a lot of life, right? A lot of things in life, personal life, uh, extended family life, our own nuclear families. Um, and the biggest thing was just a need for more, more guidance, more than anything, right? Um, we always uh, believed in Allah. We believed in the uh, Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It seemed like we were doing the right thing, but nothing was ever changing. And mm. we're like, Hamza used to call it being on a hamster wheel. Mm. Like, no matter how hard I work, everything stays the same. Or uh, you try to fix some different situations here and there, but it seems like nothing is changing. And so we was having a lot of these different conversations. Um, at this point, this is Hamza's seventh year in the league. This is my fourth year in the league. Uh, and we had a lot of different conversations, and uh, uh, we wanted to go for Umrah the year before, and it didn't happen. And uh, I don't know, man, it just it was just something deep down inside. I was like, I, I just, we just got to go, right? And so uh, my fourth year in the league, I had uh, two concussions, like back-to-back -back mm. consecutive weeks. Uh, ended up on IR for like eight weeks, the longest I ever missed. Um, uh, playing football. And so during that time, just again, a lot of reflection, a lot of uh, thinking about life, uh, a lot of the CTE conversation was coming up, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of former players, or I shouldn't say a lot, but there were some notable former sayers, former players that, um, that committed suicide. And one of them was Junior Seau. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if you're from SoCal, your kid, Junior Seau was the man mm. from USC to playing for the Chargers. And so um, that one hit a little bit different, mm. right? And so I was like, I'm not dying for the sake of football, mm. right? My life means more than just ball, mm. right? This has always been a tool. It's always been a means to, uh, to improve myself, my family, my surroundings, help me educate myself and kind of change my life trajectory, right? That's what this always has been. And so um, during that time, I was like, let's go for Umrah. Uh, so March 2012, we went for Umrah. Came back, started doing the same thing, working out and everything, but it was just like, ah, like my agent was calling me like, okay, was saying, you can sign with this team, this team, this team, they're all, want you to bring you in, work you out, everything. I was just like, we're gonna go for Hodge, right? Hodge is in October. He was like, man, my agent was like, it's gonna be tough, right? It's, I don't know if teams are gonna uh, gonna sign when you get back. Like, that's cool, mm. right? I mean, if, if I'm good with a lot, I'm good, mm. right? And so there was a lot of people um, saying, "Oh, you know, uh, you know, they're stupid, right? Leaving off their careers, once in a lifetime, all these different things." Um, they were like, "All right, they don't understand it." Uh, I think it was kind of a little bit when Muslims were saying, "What are you doing? You should wait till you're older." It's like, "I could die tomorrow." Right, like my, my step pops me a lot of mercy on him. He started to say, boy, you can walk outside and get hit by a bus. I'm like, dang, <laughs> why you say something like that? But the reality is we don't know when we're gonna mm -hmm. die. And so um, so we're like, no, we're gonna go for Hodge. Allah says, uh, you know, you, you walk towards me, I'll run towards you. So I was like, all right, we're gonna fly this house, right? We will go over there, we're gonna go for pilgrimage and we're gonna uh, go in full submission uh, seeking guidance. And so. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a it was a life altering moment, um, but it was really um, refocusing what life should be about and repurposing everything. In one of your in, uh, earlier interviews, you were talking about provisions, and mm -hmm. you were talking about so in Islam we have this this concept of uh, that God is the provider and the sustainer, right? And He provides our provisions to us. Obviously, we work, yep. but 
our provisions are written for us. Yeah. So can you kind of like just touch upon that real quick? Because that's very like, I think for a non-faith-based community, man, that's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, everything that we've ever gotten has always been written for us, mm -hmm. right? Uh, a lot knows we don't know. So I can try to start, you know, a million and one different businesses have the greatest idea, put in all this hard work and not see a dime if it ain't written for me. Or I could have, you know, some little whatever idea making plastic cups. And if it was written for me, I'd be a billionaire. I'm going to be a billionaire selling plastic cups. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I was like, okay, well, you know, people are saying, you know, you shouldn't go because the money, the money, the money. It's like, if Allah wants me to have money, I'm going to get it mm -hmm. one way or another, mm -hmm. right? Like it's, it's, go it's going to happen. And if he doesn't want me to see another penny, it's not going to happen. And so um, I'd rather, uh, I'd rather, you know, place my trust in Allah than I will with these random people who are just random critics and they really don't care, mm. <laughs> right? Um, I, I, know, I know that I know that uh, Allah loves His servants and Allah loves those who love Him. So therefore, um, I'm rolling with that. Thank, thank, thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. um, so now let's go back to. Like another, another, I guess more wisdom that we can learn uh, is you, you said something when we met a couple of weeks ago, three, four weeks ago at the basketball camp, and it was about the nature of the business. And I think I, I brought up to you like some of the criticisms that like LeBron James and Kevin Durant and these guys get for making their own decisions. And I've been yeah. a critic of theirs from an external lens, right? Because yeah. sometimes we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes and we don't really understand what they're going through in their lives. And you, get, you related a, a really amazing story, which I'm going to butcher, so I'll let you tell it, but it was about high school and the people you know in high school and then the difference comparing that to the guys that you know in college mm -hmm. and then the guys that you know in, in the nfl and then you gave an amazing story of like one of your first days something happened in the locker room oh yeah 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 so um yeah so um high school is cool because uh, i mean it's your boys it's your, mm. your, your childhood friends and mm. uh it's dope y'all walk to school together you walk home together uh, you go to class together right so high school is real cool um, college is dope because, especially as a football player, you probably spend 18 hours a day with other fo with, with your teammates. Mm. So like the 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 bond and the brotherhood you form is like forever, mm. right? Like you cannot talk to someone for three years, five years, but the second y'all see each other, it's like y'all sophomores again in college because mm. it's like we spend that much time together. Mm. Now when you get to the league, man, it's a business. It's a flat-out business, and um, you know, just the story that you were, that you were talking about was I think it was like uh, I think it was like my second or third year in the league um, playing for the Vikings, and I walk in and the guy's locker that's right next to mine is uh, you know just going hey what's going on you know has everything yada 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 uh, go to morning meetings and then come back it's a new dude in the locker it's like dang they cut such and such. All right, hey man, what's going on? My name's Hussein. How's everything? Yada yada. Go to practice, come back. It's new dude in the locker. It's like, dang, they cut him that fast. Hey man, my name's Hussein. Like, that's the way it works, mm. right? A lot of people think that everybody has these twenty-year careers, um, like Brady or something like that, or everybody has these. Like, no man, those those are anomalies, right? Uh, you, I mean, you have people who don't make it days in the NFL. Uh, and I'm pretty sure basketball is the same way, especially with the reduced roster. And so um, you got to be the 1% of the 1% in order to make it and then to stay in there, right? The NFL, in order to be a vested veteran, you got to be, what is it, like three years and three games? 
There's tons of people who don't make that mm. ever. Don't make that. Um, and so, um, you, I mean, you got you got you got to be able to play to mm. to survive. And so, when people take on a business mindset about the NFL, it's gonna piss fans off. Yeah, that's because fans listen to the media. Mm. And who in the media? They, I mean, they they work for the teams. They all work together. So. You know, as players started to evolve, right, 60s is just do whatever, 70s, 80s, 90s is when you start seeing unions start saying, no, we ain't doing that. We're doing this. 90s, mid-90s, late 90s, 2000s. And so athletes started to become more business savvy. And now athletes are awesome, right, very business savvy. Um, but, yeah, you got to take care of yours. They don't care, right? Mm. I mean, Kansas City Chiefs still going to be there. Hussein going to be in and out. Right, mm -hmm. next person in and out, and, and they, I mean, they care while 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 you, while you performing. The second your play, if this is your contract and this is your play, the second the, the contract is here and your play is here, you're gone. It's that simple. It's, it's interesting because I don't know if you you mess with this guy, but I've actually taken a liking to what he's been saying for the last few months. Kwame Brown, I don't know if you remember him, former mm -hmm. first round draft pick in the mm -hmm. NBA. Mm -hmm. So his channel, the channel name he has for, on YouTube is actually called like Bus Life. Like he's he's mimicking what people call him, right? Okay. But he's built a platform um, around his name based on things that have happened in the media against him, right? Okay. So one of his points, he was, he was talking about LeVar Ball, is that, you know, you see what the media did with LeVar Ball. Mm -hmm. But what was LeVar Ball really doing? He was trying to prop up his three sons. He says that as, and he said it, as a black man in America, when I see a father, a black father, trying to prop up his sons. Yep. He said, that's beautiful. That's awesome. But what did the media do? The media spanned it. They called him crazy. And now you see all three kids are in the NBA. His third, yeah. is just, his third just got signed. You know, yeah. He's on the summer league, but he's probably going to make it to the final roster. Yeah. But now that narrative has almost changed, right? Where Because LeVar Ball stayed his course and yeah. he tried to fulfill his vision, he's not even talked about anymore. Yeah, it was... Um, I think CeCe Sabathia recently talked mm -hmm. about um, baseball. Mm -hmm. And he was like, baseball needs to adopt black culture quick because it's dying. And he talked about how when people say do, uh, he played the game the right way, they really mean the white way, mm -hmm. right? And so um, kind of the same thing. LeVar Ball, you always heard it. Oh, I like what he's doing, but he's doing it wrong. Well, why? How? What's, what's, the, what's, what's, the, what's the rule book? He's trying to get his sons to the league all three of them, right? And he had two top three picks, right? And then now Jello is, uh, is, is working, is working to get in there. Um, he did awesome. Awesome. I, I, don't, I don't care what you He did awesome. His own brand, his own basketball own brand, league. And, uh, and Mello owning teams in Australia <laughs> and this and that. Yeah. Like just their mindset is completely different because they have an entrepreneurial mindset, right? And so, um, again, other people may not like it, but they eating. Right? People can sit there on the couch and complain about this and that. What are you doing for yourself? Eating and feeding others. <laughs> right? right? Yeah. And so, um, no, he, he did a good job standing up there, taking a lot of bullets. Um, he talked a lot of trash and they backed it up. Uh -huh. Right? Um, and so, uh, no, I mean, you, you take your hats off to, uh, to people like that, right? Um, yeah. So, again, good, good point because, and we don't have to touch upon this point too much, but I was, again, doing some research. And you know you had a pick six against uh, Tom Brady, that yep. famous, and you and you went into prostration in the in the end zone, and you got there was a flag, right? Was it yep. unsportsmanlike conduct or what was it? I don't know what they call it. They rescinded it. Um, <laughs> I, I I was just you know 
I've always been a team player, so my thing was, my initial thought was, man, I hope this doesn't affect the team, mm. right? That, that's all I could really uh, mm. think of. Uh, we was rolling that game, too. Uh, we were smashing them. Um, so I knew it wasn't going to, like, have any major impact on the game. So uh, to be honest with you, I wasn't even tripping until after the game I got a call from my agent, and he was like, Hussein, you know they're going to find you. I was like, yeah, right. They're going to find me for what? He's like, yeah, if you get an unsportsmanlike uh, penalty, they'll find you. I was like, no, they ain't. And um, I will say uh, thank you to everyone. Thank you to everyone who supported me. Uh, everybody, uh, I'm talking about around the world uh, via social media. I'm talking about hit up the NFL so much that like first thing 6 a.m. in the morning, they're like, oh, we were sending the flag. We're not going to do a fine or whatever, whatever. So I didn't even have to go through no process or nothing. You see what Jalen Rose said, right, when it happened? Do you remember? Mm -mm. So Jalen Rose basically put out some tweets and he was saying that it, like Tim Tebow does his thing and there's no problems. Oh, yep. Because, you know. Yeah, uh, there, uh, there's a lot of people, uh, you know, there's a lot of people uh, having the different debates and different things. And I think um, uh, for me, I kind of, I kind of just stay silent on the topic because it's kind of like art, right? Mm -hmm. It means something different to different people, mm -hmm. right? And so I wouldn't want to say something like, I know what it, it meant for me personally, but for someone else, like I got people hit me up in France, people hit me up in Indonesia, people from Africa, right? People from the States, the way some people hug me is just like, it meant something different mm -hmm. to everybody else. And so therefore, uh, uh, I just let it stand. I hopefully, hopefully Allah accepts it. That's what I was yeah. after. No, man, awesome, awesome. And it's interesting because like, it looks like you take a different view of things in terms of the way you are self-critical and you analyze things. And with that and the based on the, uh, the interview where you were giving the advice that Kaepernick should actually be an executive, I think that's a beautiful transition to talk about your own transition where, okay, you were willing to walk away from the sport, but now you've, you've fit in so well into entrepreneurship or sitting in your office. Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little bit about the entrepreneurial gene, mm -hmm. like the, 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 again, just like we talked about the NFL and your, your skill set. Yeah. What was the catalyst for the entrepreneurial gene? And talk to us a little bit about what you're doing nowadays. Uh, yeah, so entrepreneurship is, uh, it's our family. So um, my mother and father, they got divorced when I was young. My mother uh, married, uh, married my, uh, my pops. I like to say pops instead of stepdad, mm. right? It's, I believe it's a, it's a higher honor mm. than that, right? Uh, stepdad has a negative Maybe connotation, that, right? But the things that he did, I mean, I like to see anybody else who calls himself a man do something like that. Mm. Um, and so, you know, when uh, when when uh, my pops and my mother first got married, um, I mean, he started off like mowing lawns, right? And then it was uh, from mowing lawn, or I'm sorry, he started off newspaper route, mm. right? Like newspaper route. Uh, then he started out, then it was mowing lawns, then it was, uh, then we started doing like painting and doing different things. And so like, he was just always hustling, like a halal hustler, right? Mm. His previous life was his previous life, right? So now I'm Muslim, so okay, so how do I make this thing halal? And so um, he was always an entrepreneur and he mm. was just always going, right? And so, um, I mean, for us, it was kind of like, all right, this how you eat, right? Mm. This this how you feed the family, right? Entrepreneurship is uh, you eat what you kill, mm. right? If you, if you ain't putting in no work, well, I guess we're going to be hungry until we go catch or something, right? And if you bring it home squirrels and you got a big family, you better get back out there and go get that deer or you better go bag that moose, whatever mm. it may be, right? And so um, that's kind of where the entrepreneurship came from us is just uh, watching his hustle. Um, and so when it, when it came time for me to... Uh, 
to uh, let go of football and retire. Um, I mean, a lot of you know, a lot of the, my coaches, uh, some of the uh, GMs and stuff, they're like, "Come coach, right? Come be a scout, come coach." And it's fun. Like I, I love it, right? Um, but I want to try something different, right? Uh, I want to try something different. I want to try my hand at something different, and I really wanted to. Um, I really like working with people, and I like seeing people achieve and reach their goals. And I wanted to do that outside of the arena of football, mm. right? I want, I want to. I'm like, it's kind of like, okay, I've climbed this mountain. I know I can do that. Can I go climb another one, mm. right? And so uh, after retiring, which was in 2016. I went uh, to grad school. I got my master's in uh, conflict resolution, mm. uh, which also helped change the way I think a little bit. Uh, graduated in, eight, in 2018. Uh, then I got into logistics, uh, running some like different trucks and stuff with Amazon. So I've been doing that uh, since, or that company's been running since 2018. And then in between, I coach a lot of people. I coach a lot of um, a lot of executives, a lot of leadership coaching, executive coaching. Um, I love uh, helping startups. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I mean, startups about their business. Some people just want to talk, and uh, you got to really be about your business, right? But I love helping people. Um, I love the startup grind. I think it's dope. Uh, I love scaling things. I love uh, tech startups. Uh, it's fun. Um, so yeah, man, I'm just I'm just always rolling, right? Like my board has a bunch of stuff on it. And my mind has a bunch more. Uh, there's uh, there's some different things that we want to do. Uh, my brother and I, Hamza, to impact the Muslim community at large. So it's like uh, you know, we're just always working. I mean, uh, just staying purposeful. I think one thing that I take away from the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi is that like he didn't waste time. He was always purposeful, right? He wouldn't just sit on the couch watching Netflix. He wasn't just um, stuffing his face, uh, just just blowing hot air into the into the into the um, into the world he was always purposeful and so i'm always trying to fill my day uh, with purposeful things so give us just and we'll, we'll, we'll end here but now you know you have kids mashallah seems like you're you're raising them the right way and we're just inshallah, talking, yeah. inshallah you know but i'm saying you know we, we saw i saw i saw the boy hooping at the, at the basketball camp and mm -hmm. you know very respectful and very hungry so mm -hmm. give us some wisdom from someone who's made it again to the to the upper echelons of sports and someone now who is uh, in entrepreneurship and doing conflict resolution and leadership coaching, what, what advice do you have to parents in terms of those who are kind of stuck with the fixed mindset of this is the way to educate children yep. and this is the system that they need to follow? Um, so specifically to parents, uh, and I think this could be used for anybody, um, but I'll try to start um, general and then get more specific. But the very first thing is stop lying to yourself. Mm. Too many people lie to themselves consistently. Mm. And they lie to themselves to the point to where they believe it, right? When a lot of talks in the crime about the people who are delusional, that's y'all. Whoever it is that won't face reality, that's who he's talking about. Mm. People who lie to the point to where they believe the lie. And so, um, be honest, like, man, I don't live in whatever country anymore. I live in America, mm. right? So how do this? How does this? How do I experience life? And how do I experience life as a Muslim in America? How are my children experiencing life? And how do we make it? How do we accommodate for that? Right? Um, if you go to any country, any Muslim country in the world, Islam came to the company or country. 
no country was born into Islam, Correct. right? Because it was revealed and yeah. everybody had to accept it. All of the Sahabi are technically converts, mm. right? Somebody said, hey, look, man, we have to figure out a way to create a boundary, right? The boundary being what is haram, right? And then when we create the boundary, everything that's here, we can do it, right? I always tell the children, we, we talk about basketball, right? Say, hey, look, if we play basketball and you run out of bounds, can I pass you the ball? Mm. Everybody, no. So what do you got to do? I got to come back inbounds, then you can pass. Okay, so this thing is called Islam, right? This is the boundary. Stay in bounds. Mm. It really is that simple. If you ever find yourself out of bounds, just come back mm. inbounds. Don't go out of bounds and then run off to the tunnel and run out the stadium. Just come back, right? And so for parents who are here, you have to learn how to play ball in America because your children are on the fly. And if you ain't supporting them, you're actually working against them, right? What would that look like as any kind of a, a athlete or even at, you know, as a job? If you're trying to do your job and your boss is impeding you doing your job. If I'm an athlete and I'm trying to do something but my coach is impeding my success. Now I'm going against my opponent, <laughs> my coach, the refs, right? There's already so much going on via social media, regular media, um, you know, any kind of racism, bigotry, whatever ism you want to throw out there that America is always trying to sweep under the rugs if we don't got it, but we do, right? Um, there's already all those enemies. I don't need my parents against me too, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, people got to wake up. Uh, if they don't know what to do, you ask, right? It's okay, hey. I mean, I think it says the, uh, one of the uh, cures for ignorance is asking questions. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what this thing called basketball is. Why do my children love it so much? Go get with somebody who knows, mm. right? Um, if uh, m my neighbor, uh, Wade, when I was in Minnesota, white guy, uh, a lawyer, he was like, yeah. He said, if I'm only hang around with white guy lawyers like me, I'm never going to expand my horizons, right? He was like, and if you only hang out with football players, you're never going to expand your horizons. So me and Wade, we used to always talk all the time, right? White guy, grew up in Minnesota. Um, black kid from California, coming from two different worlds now, we're neighbors. And so now I get to learn from him, he gets to learn from me. Mm. And so if I'm, uh, you know, whether I'm African, Arab, Daisy, South Pacific, whatever it may be, Hispanic, and I don't know what's going on, let me talk to that person and talk to this person and talk to that person. Then you can start to say, okay, now I see how they see the world. Maybe there's some things that I can take maybe there's some things that I don't really like or it won't fit us, whatever it may be. But um, yeah, stop lying to yourself. Thank you. Uh, a, lot, a lot of benefit from our interview today. It went in a lot of directions, which yeah, I Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all no, over No, man, it was, it was great, man. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of wisdom. You know, I think we're definitely going to have to have a round two. Um, and I would say that it's, it's, it's very impressive how you've just gone from one phase to another. And I think it's a great case study that, you know, if someone really wants to elevate their status, there is a recipe. I think that the Netflix and I don't know what you said before that, but you basically said you're always doing something and you don't, you can't just like sit around and watch Netflix, right? Yeah, no, it just, I mean, it's, not, it's nothing wrong with sitting around. Like we have movie nights on Saturday <laughs> nights, right? Um, but just like 
uh, wasting time. All we have is time, right? I was born in 1985, there's a dash, and then there's going to be an end date. Mm. I don't know when that is, right? So in between that dash should be purpose, right? Um, hanging out and just enjoying the Netflix show or watching a movie with your family, it's purposeful. You're spending quality time. If you're doing it for 20 hours or if you binge watching just in on in on in because you're bored, that's a problem, right? Um, this morning I worked out with my wife and son. That's purposeful, right? Family time and we're, and we're staying fit. That's purpose, mm. right? And so as long as you're staying purposeful, you can do whatever. We sitting here having a conversation. It's purposeful, right? But if we're having a conversation for 20 hours and afterwards, there's no action items. Mm. We just blowing hot smoke and we're just, you know, this kumbaya, this is the way the world should be. It's, it's, it's not purposeful at that point. Mm. There's got to be some kind of action. So as long as we remain purposeful throughout our life um, and we're consistently reflecting, I do believe that we can stand up in front of a lie and say, I tried my best. Mm. And if you can do that, I think, inshallah, you got a good shot. We'll keep, we'll, we'll end it there because there's no, no better way to end it. Absolutely. So thank you and we look forward to round two. Amen.